So you've been in Los Angeles for three days. Tell me, what do you think about Los Angeles? Mm, but what part? It's really different. Yeah, anything In, in all parts. And we're really busy doing our fundraiser for our media outlet, Mediazona, in, in, in Russia. So we came completely exhausted. So we oh, slept okay. for the first day and then for two days we were rehearsing. So I, I kind of told you a lot. But I, I, I guess you can, you can tell me more about Los Angeles if you so, feel like it. You know. So, there, so right now in the uh, United States, there's a big, what they call red scare happening, right? So it's being pushed by the establishment, by the corporate new media, news media, and everybody's uh, hair's on fire that uh, somehow Russia's been hacking our elections and our democracy and that they're a big bad enemy again. Now, there's a small group of people in the United States who see through that propaganda. What does it look like to people outside of the country? What do people in Russia think about what's happening now? We think that we don't really like when uh, we hear on the news um, that Trump is meddling with Russia or with Russians because we, we are aware that Russia is much more diverse than um, this is being portrayed in um, most of Western media. Right. Mm, you know, it, sometimes it really hurts because I... I am Russian and I, I am part of Russia and not all Russians do support Putin and not all Russians support his actions and um, that's the reason why we are speaking out. Yeah, so what, what would you say, I mean, how, do, uh, how would you say the, uh, the, the average Russian person, if there is such a thing, what's their view of what's happening in America? And uh, do they think it's a good thing that Trump and Putin are friendly? Or do they think it's a bad thing? Or do they think we're being ridiculous by being afraid of Russia? There is no such thing as average Russian person. Because there is no such thing as average American person. And I, I'm, I'm against even such a phrase because like, what we are fighting for, we are fighting for the diversity. And no real democracy is when you can be in minority but you still have your voice and you're not being shut down for it so um you know if you're talking about our circles if you're talking about our community which maybe is not majority in russia we don't know really because we don't have honest polls in in russia and so and lots of people just are afraid to really speak out and uh, share their opinions it's like more or less like in soviet times when people sharing their opinions in the kitchen but they don't want to say this opinions publicly so you you cannot you cannot even find out what average russian person really thinks um but if you're talking about our circles um it's quite funny for us uh, that Western media are portraying Putin to be so powerful and so effective, and uh, which is not exactly true because he's having problems even with running his own country, and he's famously ineffective and corrupted person, uh, and in a vertical of power, we call it vertical of power. Um, doesn't really help anybody to deal with local problems and everything that Putin decides he decides by himself or a small group of people that surround him so it doesn't really make them super effective and um, so it's quite irritating for us to see Putin on the cover of magazines like being this um, super powerful macho strong man because that's exactly what he wants and you know this attitude of uh, 
let's say, liberal mainstream media, Western media, just encourage him to behave in this way. And he, he feels empowered by all this Time magazine covers. So just like in the, in the United States, uh, more than half the people who voted didn't even vote for our president, which is hilarious. Uh, by the you way, have an interesting system. Yeah, so what do you think of that system where the more the people, because if that happened, I know what we would say if Russia did it that way and Putin got less votes than his opponent, we would be screaming bloody murder. How do you feel about it? What is, what is your opinion on that? I feel that like it's quite old system and it doesn't really represent our times when we have you know, much more convenient ways to uh, count votes. And um, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of... Um, current way of uh, you know, representative democracy. I want to I wanna see more direct democracy direct. and uh, electoral college is the, it's a move back from direct democracy even if you compare it with like normal, n- normal representative democracy if you, if you can um, you know, say about such thing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan. Yeah. I'm not a big fan. Of I'm not either. a big fan of Hillary Clinton as well, but Me you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I would. So I, I was a supporter of, people, of Bernie Sanders. So. Oh, me too. So now a lot of people call me a radical, right? Even though I don't look like a radical, right? But this you don't because, have to look like a radical right. to be a radical. It turns out, right? Because I wouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton, the corporatist warmonger that she is, and I couldn't do that anymore. And they keep giving us a bigger, bigger monster on the right to make us go towards the wolf, right? And so I didn't want to do that anymore. So I voted for Jill Stein, the environmentalist, and people call me a radical. And so um, you're also called a, ra- a radical, <laughs> right? Would you consider me a, a radical as opposed to like, you're a real radical. You went to prison, you speak out, you actually risk. All I did was not vote for somebody. So you're a real radical. I was studying philosophy for five years and you know what I learned that I'm not the biggest fan of definitions and giving definitions because everybody has their own definitions. Mm-hmm. And if you feel empowered by uh, by people calling you radical, I think you, you should you should believe in it. And you should be even more radical if you feel like it, you know, it's like it warms your heart and uh, makes you makes you stand up for your beliefs. Um, regarding Jill Stein, I think, you know, the the whole like for me, I'm, I'm not American, so I, I cannot I cannot teach you how to live. I cannot preach, but it just seems to me that system that has just two parties is quite awkward because it kind of really represents what people think. And you know the way how European uh, democracy works is it's not ideal, but it's it's much more. It looks just like more like real democracy when when you have lots of small parties like green party and animal party and pirate party and people can really decide what what can who can represent them and you know when americans are really known for talking a lot about competition but it's not it's not really competitive like it's it's not real competition when they have just two parties and they're moving all the time to the right and um, you're normalizing Mm, you're normalizing things that I would consider corruption. That's called here lobbyism. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is, that's just another word for corruption, of course, or a political donation. That's just another form. You're right, 100% correct. Mm. A lot of people are turning away from capitalism, a lot of younger people. Um, how do you feel about capitalism? 
I feel like we've been trapped in TINA syndrome too too much. You know this famous phrase of Margaret Thatcher that there is no alternative, and um, you know uh, since Soviet Union collapsed, it, it felt for a lot of people like it's really the end of history. Like Francis Fukuyama said, but it's it's not really. We still have to look for alternatives. We still have to use our political imagination and really dream about world where we want to live and. There is an alternative, and uh, I see that lots of people, especially young people, are looking for this alternative. We don't have all the time, we don't have all answers, but you know, at least we have these questions, and it's really important to ask these questions, and it's really important to question status quo. And um, it happens in America, people are supporting Bernie Sanders, it happens in the UK, people supporting Jeremy Corbyn, and even in Russia, uh, Alexei Navalny, who is... Um, I would say the main um, <clears throat> the leader of Russian opposition, not elected leader, but you know he he's he I would say he's the most um, effective um, player, um, and I can really trust him. Though we do have uh, political differences, uh, but I can see that he's moving more towards social democratic believes and he started as a liberal and uh, I think he's he's feeling in the air and he's feeling that even Russian people are starting to think more and more about social issues. So a lot of people feel like the well in Spain they had a mini revolution that got t- pushed down and a lot of people are calling for revolution including here in the United States I'm calling for a revolution. You wrote a book uh, with that title how to start a revolution how do we start a revolution? Think Dream, imagine alternative world where you want to live in and act, organize and listen to people around you. Don't look just in your cell phone, don't look just in your social network that doesn't really represent all people who are living around you. Talk to your neighbors, talk to your community and uh, try to understand each other and figure out a way. Okay. (laughs) Well, listen, thanks for talking with us. I really appreciate you taking time. Thank you. Okay.